Hey, good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Welcome to Edinburgh Church. I hope you all had a somewhat normal Thanksgiving. Uh, I really do. I hope you were able to enjoy it on some level. And uh, even if you got to be with maybe not as many family, but even just a few family, and, and I truly hope that it was a time of gratitude for you guys. And uh, yeah, it lo- definitely looks different, but I do hope and pray that you had a wonderful, wonderful weekend, and we're so glad you're with us. Also, just want to say good morning and welcome to anyone tuning in online. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. If you don't know who I am, my name is Joshua. I am one of the pastors here on staff, and we have been in a series called Always Prepared. And we're looking at uh, life situations, things that will happen in our lives that maybe we should be prepared for. And I know Brent has kicked off that series, done a fantastic job. I've enjoyed uh, listening to him. And uh, today we're going to talk about how do we be prepared, how are we prepared for the storms in life. Now maybe some of you noticed just a couple weeks, two, three weeks ago, I was watching the news and this, there's this tropical storm, Etta. Which, which kind of plowed through the west end of Cuba and it traveled across the Gulf of Mexico and then eventually it hit Florida, causing severe damage for thousands of residents. And it reminded me just how many people probably feel this could be like a metaphor <laughs> for their life at times, right? It, it can feel like you just get knocked off your feet. It can feel like you get tossed up in the air and just get scattered everywhere when a life storm hits. I imagine every one of us can uh, relate to that. So we, I want to ask the question, how do we prepare for a storm that we don't know is coming? How do we prefer, prepare for a storm that we know is coming? How do we prepare for anything that life throws at us? And I think that is a good question. That's what I want to dive into today. And as I was thinking about this question, I, I came back to a book again and again that answered so many questions for me. It it prepared me for so many life situations that, man, I can honestly tell you I will now be ready for. I'm talking, of course, about the worst case scenario survival handbook. What did you think I was going to pull out? This book has so much good stuff, and I just love reading this. And, And I just want you to know I am prepared for anything that 2020 is going to throw my way, okay? And we'll just listen to how valuable some of this material is. How to break down a door. I know how to do that now. How to land a plane. I'm good. Do you know? How to escape from a sinking car. That's terrifying. How to survive being buried alive. Do you know? I do. How to escape from a bear. People, it's Minnesota. I'm just saying, you could walk out the doors here today or out your front door at home and get attacked by a bear. Do you know how to survive? I do. How to escape from a mountain lion, how to wrestle free from an alligator, how to win a sword fight. I'm good. How to fend off a pirate attack. I kid you not, that's actually in here, but I know how to fend off a pirate attack now. How to survive a protest. How relevant is that right now? Yep. How to jump from a bridge or cliff into a river. That's terrifying as well. How to maneuver on top of a moving train and get inside. If you ever want to act like James Bond, there's your in right there. How to survive a flaming cell phone. How to survive a drone attack. How to perform a tracheotomy. 
I actually haven't read that one yet, so don't worry. I'm not going to perform surgery on you. How to deliver a baby in the back of a car. For those of you that have pregnant spouses, I'm just going to throw that out there. You might want to read that chapter. How to escape from quicksand. How to remove your own limb, you. How to survive if your parachute fails to open. I think it's just pray. That's all you do at that point. Now, I'm having a little bit of fun here. This actually was a very entertaining read. This is not, of course, the book that I'm talking about. There is another book, of course, that I keep coming back to again and again that can prepare you for life's storms. I'm talking about God's word. Talking about grounding yourself in this book so much so that when the next storm hits, you are not blindsided. You are not swept off your feet. Friends, you're going to go through many kinds of storms in your lifetime. Right now, we're all still facing the coronavirus storm, right? But you might be facing maybe a financial storm or a health storm or a relational storm. And all of these can create instability in your life. And I know how that feels. I have had my own storms in my own life, ranging from my parents' divorce when I was younger, job security, death, mental illness, sickness. All these are things that my family has experienced in some way, shape, or form. And every time, what does it feel like? It feels like I've been picked up off the ground, tossed around, and left scattered everywhere like Hurricane Etta just plowed through. I know that feeling. And I am here to answer the question, how do we prepare as best we can for these storms? How do we prepare for life storms so we're not blindsided the next time a storm decides to blow through? Because I can tell you this, more storms will come. They're going to happen. Well, Jesus actually answers this question at the end of his most famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And if you brought your Bibles, that's great. I want to read for you Matthew 7, starting at verse 24. Jesus answers this question. We're going to look at it. Here's what he says. He says, Everyone who pays attention to my word and puts it into practice is like a wise person who built his house on a solid rock foundation. Then what happened? A storm arose. The rain poured down, the floodwaters rose, and the storm winds beat hard against that house. Yet, it did not collapse. Nothing moved it because it was anchored to the rock. But everyone who hears my word and does not practice it is like a foolish person who built his house on sand. When the storm hit, the rains poured down, the floodwaters rose, and the winds blew against that house. It completely collapsed with a huge crash. Jesus talks about this issue in our lives. Now you notice Jesus, he lays out two ways to live. To build your life on either solid rock or build it on sand. And the only way to prepare to make it through these storms is to be solidified and built up on something rock solid that is unchanging and unmoving. I believe, and you can call me biased because I'm a pastor, I believe there's only one thing on this planet that's never going to change. Everything else is going to change, but there's one thing that I believe is never going to change. And I'm telling you, I believe that is the truth found in God's word. Friends, it was true 5,000 years ago. It's going to be true 5,000 years from today. It's not an opinion. It's the truth. Friends, truth is eternal. And in a life storm, you really need to hunker down and endure the storm 
on God's word. It's the only thing that I believe you can completely rely on when everything else is being tossed around. But don't take my word for it. Let me show you what God himself says about his word. 1 Peter 1, it says this. It says, But the word of the Lord remains forever. It's not going anywhere. It's not going to be killed. It's not going to die. It's going to endure. Psalm 12, 6. The words of the Lord are flawless. They're perfect, you guys. They are perfect. They're like silver, purified in a crucible. Gold refined seven times. That number seven, by the way, in the Bible, it's, it's a symbolic number meaning perfection. God's word is good. It's perfect. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is alive and powerful. This is not an archaic history book. This is a book that actually can give life. It's a life-giving book, and it's powerful. I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 119. He's talking to God, and he said this. He's, God, my soul is weak from waiting for you to save me. He's probably in a life storm. But my hope is based on your word. Notice it's not based on an opinion. It's not based on circumstance. It's not based on a personality. Hope is based on the one thing that never changes. And then what you do is you build and you hold fast to that solid thing. And what does it do? It gives you stability during life's storms. So that's what we're going to look at today. And how do I build my life on God's word so I am prepared and not blown away when the next storm comes? Now, I, I just want you to know today, I'm going to be super practical with this message. I'm going to give tons of tools and ideas with this. And so I'm kind of secretly hoping that you're going to take notes because I'm going to present a, a bunch of ways that you can tangibly make sure that God's word becomes a priority in your life, okay? Three steps, three steps to build on God's word and prepare for life storms. Three steps. First one is, man, you, we got to treat God's word as a treasure. We need to see this thing for the value that it actually has. Here's what Job said in Job 23. He said, he's talking to his friends. He said, I have not departed from his commands, but have what? Treasured. I have treasured his word more than daily food. Job understood how valuable God's word was. When God says something, Job listened. Isaiah 59 says, this is God speaking to his people. He says, my people, I promise to give you my spirit and my word. These will be my what? Gifts. These are my treasures to you and your families forever. James 1 puts it this way. I love, we're going to be looking at a lot of James today. Here's what James says. says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give life to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. I love that last phrase. Friends, this verse, you know what this verse tells us? If I could sum it up, it says that God's word is good, it's perfect, it's true, it's unchanging, and it's life-giving. But also, did you catch the last part of that phrase in 18? Do you realize, and maybe some of you need to hear this this morning, do you realize you are God's most prized possession? 
He loves you more than anything else in the created universe. More than the animals, more than created things, more than material things. You matter to God more than anything else. And friends, that's why he gave us this book. Because he loves us. James shares that we are so important, he gave us this treasure. And it's life-giving and it's perfect. One more verse for you to realize the value, just how important this book is. It's found in Romans 15. I love this verse. It says, everything written in the past was written to teach us. The scriptures give us, don't miss this, they give us endurance and encouragement so that we can have hope. Friends, you know what? I'm convinced the number one thing that people need when they're going through a life storm is, do you you know what I think it is? It's hope. I've talked with people that have no hope. And they, they don't even know how to cope. They don't know how to live. But people need hope in the middle of a life storm. Everything in this book, according to Romans, was given to give you hope. Everything in this book, even the parts you don't always understand, it was written to give us hope. Romans also says through this book, hey, we're given endurance. <laughs> That's the ability to what? Keep on moving. And when we're in the middle of a life storm, sometimes we just want to quit. But this book is written to keep us, it's just keep moving. Keep moving. Endurance. It also mentions encouragement. Man, don't we need encouragement when a life storm hits and you don't know what to do? We need encouragement. It says this book will give you endurance and will give you encouragement. And what do those lead to? Hope. Man, I need all that when I'm going through the middle of a life storm. So the first way that we can prepare for life storms is to see this book, you guys, as a treasure and choose to build my life on this book, to fasten my life to this rock so I cannot fall or be blown away the next time a life storm hits. Friends, this is the owner's manual (laughs) for life, and we need to treat it as a treasure. Secondly, you you know what I need to do? I need to humbly accept whatever God says. I got to receive it. I got I to accept it. Here's what James said. He said, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts for it is strong enough to save your souls. So the second step for building my life on a solid foundation and being prepared for the storms of life, James tells us we need to humbly accept the message. I got to accept what Jesus is saying to me. I got to accept what God says to me. I might not always understand it. <laughs> Some of it might even sound a little bit nuts, a little crazy, like, what? But God says, I want you to accept this. Oftentimes in the Bible, uh, God compares our interaction with this book to gardening. Now, you may have noticed in that same verse that he used the word planted. And the illustration is often that God will plant seeds in our hearts saying, I wanna, I'm going to plant these seeds in your heart and I want you to accept them so they can grow. That word accept, by the way, in the Greek is the word dekomai. It's a hospitality term. It means literally to receive, to welcome fully, to fully embrace it. We're to welcome God's word into our life. That's what he's saying. It means I have this attitude that says, okay, God, as I'm reading this book, it's the attitude that says, God, come on in. You are completely welcome here. That's the attitude that we're trying to pull out. That's what God wants for our lives. And as I thought about gardening, you know, a little bit more, 
and my very limited experience in it, I usually kill green things, I won't lie, uh, I at least know that gardening takes some work. I, I'm, I've been around enough. It, it's hard work. Oftentimes, you've got to prepare the ground, even do some weeding before you can do some <laughs> seeding. In, in, in order to accept and plant God's word in my heart, it basically says, I've got to go and clean some stuff out. I just do. I need to make sure my heart is ready to receive what God has to say to me. And it says to get rid of the filth, get rid of the debris, get rid of the junk. I've got to make space in my heart so God's word can be planted. It says, what did James say? Get rid of the filth and the evil in your life. Friends, before you can accept God's word, maybe you need to do a little garden prep work. And what's the point? The point is that sin, it blocks me from allowing God's word to take root in my life. It stunts growth. I can't hear God when I've got something else blocking that message for my heart. So before I meet with God, maybe I need to pull some emotional and spiritual weeds from my life before I can accept the seeds that he's going to plant. So how do you do that? It's really simple. It's just confession, man. Now that sounds like a churchy word sometimes, and I, some, some of us have imagery of sitting with a priest and confessing, and those are good things. Confession is simple. It's just admitting, admitting the wrong stuff going on in your life. You just, you just get it out there. Say, God, I'm getting ready here. I want to accept what you're going to say to me, but I, and I'm ready to receive it. But before I get there, I know I got to do some cleaning work here. So God, I just got to tell you, I struggled with this this week. I did this. I'm asking for your forgiveness. It's confession. That's how I prepare myself to humbly accept what he's going to say to me. It's that simple. The third thing, you guys, is this. We need to study it <laughs> and do whatever it says. Study it and do whatever it says. It's not rocket science, is it? I'm going to show you this other passage in James, and then I'm going to break it down for you a little bit more and get super practical. Here's what James 1, verse 22 says. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But if you keep looking intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and you continue to do this, not forgetting what you have learned, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. James tells us in this passage, it's like a guy looking in a mirror, a guy or a gal, and he's, it's a, he's like a man looking in the mirror, and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. In other words, guess what? It didn't do any good. No good whatsoever. But if you keep looking, and in this passage particularly, you'll actually find, and I love this, five practical steps that will solidify your foundation, so the next time a life storm comes, guess what? You will be prepared. God says if we do these things, he'll actually bless us through the life storm. Now listen very carefully. That does not mean the absence of pain. Sometimes pain is going to happen in our lives. But do you remember those promises that Romans 15 said? It said if we will build ourselves on this, this book will give us what? endurance, encouragement, so that we can have hope. Friends, I don't know about you, but when I face life storms, you know what I need and what I want to be blessed with? I want to be blessed with endurance, encouragement, and hope when I'm in the middle of a life storm. 
I'm going to assume that you would want the same. I really am. So I'm going to break this down, and with the rest of our time, and I'm going to try to get through these as quickly as I can, I want to share with you five steps to solidify that foundation, okay? All found in this passage. Number one is this, listen to the word. Listen to the word. Now, look at verse 22 again. Do not merely, there it is, listen to the word. James is saying, you got to listen, that's, that's, but he's going to get to another step, but you got to start somewhere. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceives it, but it starts with listening. That's step one. First he says, listen to God's word. Now that we're, now that we're, we're doing right now, uh, that's what you guys are doing right now. I, I'm honored to be teaching you God's word, but here's, here's the facts. We forget 90 to 95% of everything we hear within 72 hours. So if we need to do a little bit more than just listen. And if you're sitting there and listening to this and not taking notes, the reality is you're probably going to forget most of this within 72 hours. I know I would. I'm just being completely honest. It's just a fact. It's just a part of being human. So listening is good, but it's not the best way to learn the word of God and building a solid foundation. It's got to have more than just listening, which, is gonna, which we're going to find out in the other steps here. And this passage gives us a second step. And that second step is what? Study the word. Study the word. Don't just listen to it. We've got to study it. Look at verse 25. What does it say? But if you keep looking intently, keep looking intently into the perfect law. He says we've got to keep looking intently. There's a word for that. You know what it's called? I just said it. Studying. Looking intently is more than listening. It's studying God's word. You look intently. You search. You dig. You probe. Do you know the difference between reading the Bible and studying the Bible? I would argue it's only one thing. You use a pen or a pencil. That's it. You write things down. When you see something in the Bible, you, man, it, it just pops at you. You write it down. Write it down. You, if, you, if you don't write something down, you're not studying the Bible. You, you're just reading it. Did you know that by writing things down, you can actually help remember 50% more of what you learned? Studying means I'm not just reading it. I'm now writing something down that God has said to me. And because I wrote it down, I'm going to be more likely to remember it. Friends, that's building a solid foundation to weather the storms. Can I give you an example? Something that I do on a regular basis. And this is a tool. I use something called a soap journal. Now, I didn't invent this. I just created the pages. That's all I did. But the soap journal process has been around for years. And this is a simple tool to study God's word. And soap is an acronym. And here's what it stands for. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. That's it. That's all it is. You can do this with a blank notebook and you open God's word and you read a passage and then you go, wow, that, that verse really popped at me. So you know what you do? You write that scripture verse down. You write it down. Then dig a little deeper. What's going on in the passage you just read? Write some observations down. Who are the characters? What's the context? Is there a conflict? Is there an issue going on? What's happening? Write down the observations. And then the fun part. Then you go, okay, God, what, what are you trying to teach me in this passage of scripture? That's the application. And you just write down a little part about, okay, God, I, I believe this is what you're trying to teach me today. How can I live that out? And you write down some ideas. 
And then P, you just write down, write down a prayer. Asking God to help you with that thing that you just learned. It's that simple. Friends, if this looks like a, a good tool that you'd consider using, I just print the same page 30 times so I have a 30-day journal. This is available on myedinbrook.org. If you click on uh, Spend Time with God, you can find it. You can download these pages and create your own journal. This is a helpful tool I have found very valuable. Friends, this is how, this is how I study God's Word. And I encourage you to do the same. Do I do it every day? No, I miss a day here and there. That's okay. But the, the point is, man, i got to be studying God's Word. Third, we got to make it a habit. So I got to listen to the word, I got to study the word, but I also need to make it a habit. Go back to verse 25. What does he say? But if you keep looking intently, study the perfect law that gives freedom, and you, what's the next phrase? Continue to do this. Do it over and over and over. You've got to make it a habit. The third thing says we've got to continue to do this. It means we make a habit. It means you do it daily. You strive to do it every daily. I want to recommend a habit. I'm going to just throw a habit at you that I learned from another pastor. I thought, that's brilliant. I love this. And I'm going to dare you to try it for the next seven days. If, if getting into God's word is a challenge for you. And I'm, I'm convinced that if you'll do this, I think you're going to sense some heart change, some mind change, and it's going to start to affect your life I really for the good. Here's what I want you to do. It's a super simple hab habit. And I just want you to try it for a week. Every day, morning and night for the next seven days. Here's what you do. You take your Bible and you leave it open on your nightstand right next to your bed. If you don't have a nightstand, put it on your pillow. Okay? Just leave it open. Don't close it. Okay? And then when you wake up tomorrow morning, before you read anything else, before you pick up your phone, before you turn on the radio, before you flip on the morning show... Pick this up and just read a portion of Scripture. Just, just, that's it. Just read a portion of Scripture, even before you get out of bed. Then you set it back down and you start your day. You know what you're doing? You're making sure that you're starting your day with God. What a great first step. So you read it, you set it back down. You do your day. And then when you come to the end of the day, before you go to sleep, after you've, you know, finished your TV show, scrolled through Facebook, whatever else, you know, you do at night, you see it there, and you climb in your bed, and you know what you do? You pick it up, and you read another portion of Scripture. And you know what you're doing? You're creating the habit of making sure you're spending time in this book. Seven days. You know what you're doing? You're starting your day, and you're ending your day with God. What a fantastic habit. What a cool trick, you guys. I'd encourage you to try that. If getting into this book is hard for you, try that this week. I dare you, seven days, try it, seven days in a row. And I think what you'll find, is you'll be amazed at that simple habit. It's going to start to strengthen your life in little tangible ways. Maybe you'll find your patience going up. Maybe you'll find your anxiety going down. I have no idea, but I believe it will impact you for the better. I do. Make a habit of studying this book. Fourth, we've got to memorize the word. Oh, am I bad at this one? We got to memorize the word. But what does James say in verse 26? He says, if you keep looking intently, keep studying the perfect law that gives reading, and you what? Continue to do this. You make a habit. What's it say next? Not 
forgetting. Not forgetting what you have learned. Memorize. Memory, memory, memory. I will stand before you and I am telling you I am the biggest hypocrite on planet earth today. I am so bad at this one. I struggle with this one personally. But I'm here to also tell you I have no excuse. I really don't. Because I know that I'm capable. (laughs) I simply failed to make this one a priority, you guys. But we need to memorize Bible verses that are important to us. Now listen, you don't have to memorize the whole Bible, okay? Okay, but there's value in this discipline of memorization. And so here's what you do. Anytime you read a verse that just pops at you, you're like, oh my gosh, I need to hear that. You, you, don't, you don't just underline it in your Bible. That's a good first step, but maybe copy it onto a card, right? Keep it with you and then read that several times a day. Put it in places you're going to see it. Put it on your car visor, in car visor. Put it on the bathroom mirror. Stick it on your refrigerator. Put it on the door before you leave to go somewhere. And then you remember things, here's the trick, through your ear, not through your eye. If you read it out loud, you're more likely to remember it. Did you know that? Your ear will hear it, and, and that's how you're going to learn to remember Verses. Now, here's the cool thing. I don't know if you grabbed a handout. Here's actually a couple tools that I found that you can use this week. I, I've, I've been looking at these. One is called, just go, go to the App Store. Apple, Android, whatever your preference. I'm an Android guy. Don't hate. And just go and find an app. There, there are Bible memory apps out there. I found one. It's called Bible Memory Remember Me. And I've been using it this last week. And it's super helpful. It's got like fill in the blanks, you know, tap the words in order, all these cool tips and tricks to help me memorize a verse of scripture. Here's another one. It's not an app, but this is a website. It's called theversesproject.com. And here's what they do. I actually memorized Philippians 1.6 this week because of this website. In Philippians 1.6, it goes, um, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's Philippians 1.6. I never memorized that verse before. You know how I memorized it? From theversesproject.com. Here's what they do. They actually take Bible verses and they set it to music. They turn it into a tune. And holy cow, you guys, you will remember it way better. In fact, I'm going to play this audio clip. So I'll t- tell the audio guys to cue it up. Listen to Philippians 1.6 for just a few minutes. Or just a minute. Love that guitar. And I am sure of this The key who began a good work in you And I am sure of Okay, I'm going to have them stop the clip there. You get that song stuck in your head, you just memorized the Bible verse. Beautiful, isn't it? I love that. Such a cool tool, you guys. You can check it out. 
uh, versusproject.com. I think, was that, was that what it was? Theversusproject.com. There you go. Great tool, you guys. Check it out. So, man, if we're going to build our lives on this book, we've got to listen to the Word. We've got to study the Word. We've got to make it a habit. We need to make memorizing verses a priority. And last, man, we've got to do what the Word says. I know that's kind of like a repeat from the previous three points, but it's so important you need to hear it again. We need to do what the Word says. Go back to verse 25. If you keep looking intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and you continue to do this, not forgetting what you have learned, but doing it. Doing it. Final step in building a solid foundation to weather life storms, you guys. We've got to do it. We've got to live out God's word. Do what the word says. Remember what James said? It says a lot of people, they, it's, they look in the mirror, they look at God's word, but then they, they walk away and they don't do anything about it. If you don't improve yourself when you look in the mirror, when you, if you don't improve your image, what's the purpose of looking in the mirror? If, if, if you don't comb your hair, right, or fix something wrong on your face, what's the importance of a mirror? There's none. When God speaks to you through his word, we've got to write down an action step. Maybe it's that application if you're doing the soap journal, right? And then we've got to do it. The foundation doesn't get strengthened by just reading. It gets strengthened by doing. That's building, you guys. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to practice these simple steps this week. I challenge you. I'd, you want to weather the storms, you guys? we got to be anchored in this book. And so I challenge you this week, study. Listen to the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Study. That means take some notes, memorize, and then do it. This is how we prepare for the next life storm that's going to come. This is how we're going to anchor ourselves, you guys, to the rock-solid truth of God's Word. And it's how you get stability, stability that you're going to need in life when everything around you is going to get picked up and tossed. That is how you anchor yourself when life gets hard. I found this verse in Proverbs 30, and I thought, this is so fitting. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 30. It says, rock badgers. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Rock badgers are neither strong nor powerful, but they're wise enough to live in the safety of solid rock. It says the rock badger's weak, vulnerable. They're not very strong, but it's wise enough to live in the safety of solid rock. So I got to ask you guys the question, watching online here in the room with us. Are you wise enough to live in the safety of the solid rock, like the rock badger? And when a life storm comes, you may not feel very strong, you may not feel very powerful, but you can be wise. And the wise thing to do is to prepare for life storms and build your life on the rock of God's unchanging truth, you guys, the word of God. Guys, get in this book. Don't leave it on the shelf. Get in this book. Read it, study it, memorize it, and do it. It could change your life. I'm going to invite you to just pray with me as we close this morning. Well, Heavenly Father, we just say with one voice that we want to build our life on the solid, rock-solid truth of your word. I don't want to build my life 
on these things that have no strength and no foundation. I want to be built up on the rock so that I have stability and endurance and encouragement when the storms of life come. And so, God, we pray today. We open our lives to you, Jesus. We accept the word that you have to say to us in your book. We invite your Holy Spirit into our lives so that when we are reading this book, it's life-altering. Lord, help me to use, help us to use our time wisely and spend time in your word, getting to know you and become a man or woman of the word. And so, Father, we place our faith in you. We place our hope in you. And we're going to build our lives on your word. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said,